Hi, this is Executive Chef Paul Duncan from Ray's Boathouse Cafe and Catering, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Coming to you live from the Test Kitchen Studio high atop Queen Anne Hill, it is time for the Seattle Dining Show. Join us as we explore news about Northwest restaurants, take a look at upcoming events, discover new kitchen tips you can use at home, dive into great recipes, and much more. And now, here's your host, the senior editor, Connie Adams, and whoever else happened to drop by today. Welcome back to the Seattle Dining Show number 1510. Last month, we talked about the fundraiser we hold each year at Salty's on Alki. That took place on September 15th. You were there, Tom. I was there. I had a good time. Excellent, as did everyone, I think. Um, It was a lot of fun, and we'll talk about that in a bit. We're looking forward to our guest today, who is Chef Paul Duncan from Ray's Boathouse Cafe and Catering. He was also at the event, and I think he had fun. We'll ask him. But he is here to talk about some other things going on at Ray's, too, which will be fun for the fall. We've got News Bites and the calendar coming up, and we're going to talk about some more getaways. We kind of decided we'd do a few each time, and this time we're going to take a little look at Woodenville. But before we get into uh, what's in Woodenville, I want to do a little correction on something I talked about before. When we were talking about places uh, last month or the month before, we talked about Skamania and Suncadia, mm-hmm. and I was all excited because they have zip lines, and I think that's kind of fun. Not that I've ever done it, but it just seems like so much fun. And it's it fun to be under them and watch the people fly over your head. Yeah, screaming. Maybe that's why we haven't done it, but <laughs> they look like they're screaming in fun. Um, as it turns out, Skamania, yes, does have a zip line, but Suncadia does not, and it's not in the works. It's not anything. They've never done it. So ignore that piece of information that I gave you. I think Suncadia should just build a zip line right off the top of the uh, mine shaft there. There you the go, yeah. And then the people having drinks could just laugh yeah, yeah as people zip by screaming and, and you, it, you could do stuff like you could really mess with the customers in the restaurant you could start sticking like stuffed bears and stuff up into the zip line instead of real humans oh there they could take over and maybe you could run the zip line over the golf that wouldn't the golf course that wouldn't hurt anyone's game at all to have somebody whooshing by them all of a sudden yeah fun i like it well why don't you talk about our first woodenville getaway First Woodenville getaway, one of our favorites is the uh, Willows Lodge. And uh, <clears throat> if you live here in the Pacific Northwest in the Puget Sound, you haven't been to Willows yet, you, you've been missing out. Uh, 84 rooms, fabulous bathrooms. I think so. Fireplaces. Some look out into the garden areas, and you can you can walk the whole grounds when you're there. They, have, they grow all their own uh, herbs and stuff in there. Uh, they've got those lovely little pigs that are over yeah, there. The little porklets. Yeah, and uh, they got a spa there, uh, hot water spa treatments, and uh, all your culinary needs are covered because you can go there and you can enjoy a cocktail at the fireside. You could go across the road and have dinner at the herb farm, and when you wake up in the morning, you can have breakfast at the Barking Frog. Or uh, mix and match any way you can. Yeah. Stay several days and do both. There's the, there's the plan. Um, also out in Woodenville is a place called the Auberge Edge of Seattle. And it is an interesting thing because it's a cooking school with a specialty of classical French cuisine, but it's also a B&B. 
So, um, or an inn, I should say, like a French country inn. It only sleeps 10, so there's, you know, not a ton of room. But they have total estate concierge services, including the in-house chef. And it's not badly priced. It's uh, $25 an hour. Um, they also have spa services. And in addition to the, the breakfast, they have a light supper menu and other pre-fee choices. So there's some food out there. And, you know, it's kind of fun if you're going to go out and make a weekend of it or something to do a cooking class and stay at the inn. Kind of something different. I have to look up the prices on uh, on the rooms. I mean, twenty five bucks for an in house chef. That's great. Yeah, so. they're not inexpensive. I think they're mid, you know, hundred fifty five or some something in that range. Oh, it's not bad. Yeah. I mean, we're paying what one hundred and twenty five to go stay at Motel Six in Napa Sonoma in a couple of weeks. Yeah, that's because Napa Sonoma is Napa Sonoma, <laughs> and I'm sure it's the nicest Motel Six you've ever seen. I'm counting on it. Yeah. Um. The next one we wanted to mention is actually in Bothell. It's called Eason Estates, and it's a family who created a B&B out of their home. All the rooms are different decor. It, uh, it's about four rooms. It's another not huge place. Um, there's a parlor, a solarium, gardens, lots of things to read. So if you just want to go and, and rest up, it's kind of a quiet, lovely place. They do a continental breakfast on weekdays and a more formal breakfast and personalized beverage service on weekends. Um, so that's kind of fun, and it's you know close to things, the wine country. And then there's a, a really funny Aunt Louise's Secret B&B Hostel and Consulting Center. I, I haven't even gotten into why that is their consulting center. I hope they're not consulting against people being hostile or anything like Maybe that. Maybe that's what it is. Huh. Yeah. Keep, keep the, the good spelling's feeling. different, though. It looks like you've got yeah. the spelling that, like the uh, hostel, like a place to stay. Yeah, I, that's probably what they mean. I'm sure of it. Thank you, Tom, for that clarification. Um, (laughs) The rooms are all different sizes and decor. Uh, Some come with breakfast, some don't. Some share a bathroom, some don't. There is a hot tub there. And uh, one of the things that people love most about it is that they will shuttle you to wineries and concerts. So that's kind of a nice thing. Yeah, that's the thing about Woodenville. It's it's not such a small place that you can just walk to the concert from the B&B. You kind of need to have a shuttle. Yeah, you do, especially if you're... Out a little bit. Um, the, the last one we want to mention is Matthew's Winery, and it's a winery, tasting room, and B&B that they call the Estate House. And it really, it's just two king rooms, um, nice bathrooms, and then there's a large commercial kitchen. There's private decks, and there's a theater room. So it would be, you know, not a big group, but if you had two couples or a family or something, and you just really wanted to do something fun and different, that would be... Or maybe if you were visiting from out of town and your family lived here, yeah. then you could have the whole clan over and yeah. do a big deal with the commercial kitchen and exactly. use the theater and then yeah. send them all home and retire to your king rooms. <laughs> <laughs> so that's kind of it for our look at Woodenville accommodations today. Well, that's a lot more stuff than I thought was out there. And, you know, Woodenville changes, seems like... Every couple of years, it's a different place. Yeah. There's always something new going on. So well, tell us about cooking with class. How, um, how do we do this year? You know, we grossed nearly $90,000. That's good. So that's a good thing. And the proceeds from that event are going to Providence Heritage House at Pike Place Market and Providence Elder Place. Both of those serve frail, low-income elderly. So, you know, I think uh, it's really nice to think that all the people who donated – their time, all the chefs who did time, food, 
Um, they brought a bottle of wine for the Chef Instant Wine Cellar. All the people who donated auction items, raffle items, things for the gift bags, which were killer, by the way. Um, you know, all of that goes, uh, the, the main proceeds of that go to those two programs, and it changes people's lives. It makes them more secure, more healthy, more enjoyable. That's a big thing to do. Yeah, and I, and I know that money goes toward programs that aren't funded otherwise, so it's, right. uh, it's good that they have that. Yeah, if there's things that aren't covered by Medicaid or Medicare, you know. And then they do some fun things, too, sometimes just to make people's lives a little more enjoyable. Yeah. yeah. So very nice. All right. And uh, we don't have a date for next year, but it looks like September 15th for the 15th anniversary. Yeah, that's what we're thinking to be funny. That was Jeremy McLaughlin's idea. He says, hey, it's the 15th anniversary. Well, we'll keep people up to date both uh, here on the show and uh, social media and, of course, on SeattleDining.com. Exactly. But, uh, let's take a break, and when we come back, we're going to look at some of the latest tidbits from our News Bites file. Hi, this is Bob Harris with Robert Ramsey Sellers, and you are listening to The Seattle Dining Show. into our News Bites discussion, tell you what's going on around town, and uh, just in case you can't get to the show for some reason, you can always keep up with News Bites as they happen by following our Twitter account, at Seattle Dining One, or reading the News Bites column at www.seattle.com. So our first News Bite today is uh, Casper of Casper Events and Catering has moved up, up the hill. Uh, he's no longer located down on Lower Queen Anne. That property has been sold and will be developed. I know that's probably something you never could imagine yeah. would happen Think, on Lower Queen Anne. Things don't happen like that in Seattle. Nobody's developing. No, uh-uh. this is uh, an interesting uh, turn of events. I wonder Boy. if it's going to start a whole new trend. Whoa. <laughs> we might be in on the ground floor or something. I, I guess I want to know, is it going to be 40 stories or 60 stories? <laughs> I'll bet there's a limit. So anyways, there's been this uh, uh, little place up on the top of Magnolia, not at, down in the village, but to the north of the village, uh, down closer to the market there. Uh, and anybody remember where the Bill the Butcher was? And then there was a succession of restaurants across the street from that. Uh, most recently, an Italian one. Prior to that, sort of a neighborhood, uh, almost American type of f- food. And uh, if you'd been in, in any configurations of that restaurant, you'll know that the floor was rotting. <laughs> Don't forget that. So Casper has taken over the two properties, and uh, both the Bill the Butcher, right? And then, uh, and then that old restaurant property. And so he's putting in a whole new events and catering home. He's going to have a larger kitchen. Uh, it says accessible warehouse. They'll be able to seat up to 70 people or do reception style. And this is uh, a reception for up to 90 people. And this is located at 3656 34th Avenue West in Magnolia. 
And what I noticed the other day, I was driving by, and there's another building across the street from where the restaurant was. It's kitty corner to the old Bill the Butcher, and that's getting all built out, too. I think that's theirs, too. That's that, theirs, too. I think wow. that actually may be the warehouse. Ah, okay. Yeah. That so would make sense because I didn't see between between the Bill the Butcher and the restaurant where you could put the warehouse. So it looks like yeah. he bought the three corners or I something. Think so. huh? Wow. Yeah. And every, everything for them is going to be right there, which is really nice. Wow. Yeah. Big big, also, big news uh, for Casper. Yeah, and they've also taken on some new venues that they do. Like they're working with the Stimson Green Mansion, and there's some other things they've added, other places they've added that they're caterers of choice. Oh, okay. Yeah. So the next thing going on is, uh, as all you California haters will love to hear, Cali Burger. Their first store in Seattle is going into the U District in the end of well, – it may be open. It's going to be open probably this week. We're right at the end of September. Um, it's casual burgers, chicken sandwiches, hand-spun – hand-spun, I love that – milkshakes. And for the 21 and over crowd, boozy shakes. Um, this was a place founded in Santa Monica. Um, they are now open or in construction in 12 countries. So this is uh, – it will be interesting to see if it's something really tasty or if yeah. it's just – you know. I remember the last burger place that went into the U District and they left. McDonald's. McDonald's, yeah. Interesting. So yeah. we'll see what happens. But, you know, I guess I think uh, Chipotle is making a pretty good go of it up there. Yeah. So some of these, you know, fast food chains, some of them can pull it off. And, yeah. I don't know. It's a, tough, it's a tough neighborhood, you know. It should be a great little college neighborhood, but it's there's a lot of homeless. and Yeah. You know, it's it's a tough place to make it, especially if your place gets targeted as the place where everybody hangs out. So. But, you know, um, I heard the other day they went up and did a whole uh, roundup up there of all the drug dealers. Oh, so yeah. same thing they did down on 3rd Avenue a couple of months ago. Yeah. So if they keep those kind of things up, we'll be in good shape. Yeah, you'd think the drug dealers would be having the munchies late at night, and they would be really supporting those fast food places. But oh, you So you're know. saying we're going to have now, – now we're going to lose business up yeah, there? Yeah, because the drug dealers are gone. I tell you, there's just no no solid answer. Um, another thing that um, is surely going on around here, but the, the two things I was reading about recently are um, winter, fall and winter beers starting to show up. Rogue Ales, and they're from Oregon, uh, does their official beer of the snow season, which is the Yellow Snow IPA. Personally, I don't think I could drink that. Yeah, personally, that one's not on my list. Oh. But if you must have it, go out to Issaquah because they have their pub out there. Oh, that's right. With the with the brewing inside, yeah. so so you could compare the two yellow snows. <laughs> Lovely. Um, also, Traveler Beer Company, which is out of Vermont, is bringing back its Jack O Traveler, and it's throughout the U.S. this time, so they're obviously growing, and it's a combo of a traditional shandy and an artisan beer made with pumpkin. And that was making me think of, uh, uh, oh, no, all I can say is Mollusk, which is their new thing. But what was the beer? What's the name of the beer company anyway? Uh, I'm trying to imagine, though, moving my taste buds from pumpkin beer to yellow snow beer during the (laughs) fall. It's going to be a really tough fall ahead. You just got to go with the flow, so to speak. Um, Another sign of fall, and this is very local, is a Cafe Campagna starting October 8th brings their cassoulet back. Um, this is like a traditional thing every year for them. They've been doing it for so long. And you can certainly have it at the cafe, but you can also pre-order. And you just call 206-728-2233 and order your cassoulet, and you can go pick it up and bring it home for a big family 
dinner around the table kind of night on a so there's there's like 90 different ways to make a cassolator we know how this one is made these guys make it with white bean and good gosh i don't know i'm i'm type i'm looking at my typing and it says back stew which probably means they use like chicken backs to or make the broth like that, or something yeah. with pork shoulder duck confit lamb and house-made garlic sausage hmm. so that's quite the thing um, we're also starting to hear about wines for Thanksgiving. I mean, I can't even believe this. It's not quite October and people are whooping out there. But there's an artisanal cava from Spain, Segura Viudas Brut, that's coming. And it made us kind of think about getting wine in now so you don't have to think about it along with everything else as the holidays hit. I totally agree. You could probably get some pretty good deals out of some of the wineries. They're all out working on Crush right now. I know we've been out... In the fall, in the, in the different wine regions of the right. state here, and there's some deals going on. So, yeah. so you could stock up now for the holidays. One of my favorite trips over there when they were crushing, uh, we went to one winery. Well, all the wineries we went to, they were all just not quite functioning. And apparently there had been a big industry dinner the night before, and everybody totally overdid. Yep, I remember a, that trip. Yeah, That was also a trip where we went to um, Dunham. And they had a um, wasn't a uh, what's a, what's a sweet wine like a riesling or yeah so this was a this was a, a what do they call it a harvest riesling oh yeah or? ice ice wine it's, yeah a, it's not an ice wine but it's, it's right a, yeah the, and the girls and they wanted I think it was twenty five bucks for one seventy five on that and uh, and I said wow that's that's a lot of money and she says it's okay if you don't buy it we'll drink it. <laughs> And I'm sure they did. <laughs> it's a fun group of people over there. Another thing that I'm sort of finding interesting in the food world right now, and I'm, I'm finding it interesting because I think when somebody starts a small movement and you think they're out of control but it just builds and builds, pretty soon it does happen. And this is one of those cases where people were, hey, we can't use farm fish or we can't overfish, we have to use sustainable fishery and stuff. Long John Silver, I was just reading, is uh, they serve pure wild-caught Alaskan whitefish hand-dipped in the restaurant and cooked. And it's all sourced from a U.S. fishery that has been certified sustainable by the Marine Stewardship Council. And I've seen a couple of things about this, you know, this kind of thing at other fast food places. And when the fast food places are starting to do it right, it's, you know, that has really... Things have changed. Well, I think Chipotle is leading the way on this, and they're putting out decent food that's that's edible, that's good for you. Good food and good for you. Mm. And uh, I'm glad to see other people picking up on this. Now, when you get down to fish, you're getting into some money. So it's making me wonder if I'm paying 8 or $9 for uh, my adult Happy Meal at McDonald's now. What is going to cost me to get a couple of pieces of fish at Long John Silver yeah. if it's all wild caught Alaskan? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to drop in one day and take a look at the menu board. I bet you it's it's uh, it's ten dollars yeah. or more. Well, Ivers for a three piece is something like nine, eight or nine. Yeah. Is that is that like with uh, is that a combo meal or just? It's it's got fries with it, but the like I, I pay. Almost eleven dollars if I go there, and that's with a drink. Okay. So. Well, yeah. then I think it's going to be more to get this wild caught. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. 
But, you know, I don't mind seeing fast food chains charging more money for food. It, it costs more money to do it. And every time they get pushed into the corner of trying to do the uh, dollar menu or the $5 yeah, uh, meals, they, they just lose money all over the place right now. And I don't like to see that happening either. I don't know where the happy medium is. I guess you got to put more money in the 99 percenters' pockets so they can afford <laughs> to eat fast food. Yeah, the the problem, too, is that – when you go to a $5 kind of thing or a dollar menu, it's not the good stuff for you. And so the people who don't have any money, who are trying to treat their kids yeah. or feeding their kids, just not Eat the, the bad stuff. Yeah, and then they have a lifelong habit of that, which is sad. So you are – Oh, okay. So uh, next, next uh, news by here is that uh, Leo Molina of Barolo, of the Molina family, of the Mama Molina family – uh, is uh, rumored to be opening a new place near the Amazon building, possibly in February. Yeah, there's a lot going in around that Amazon building. Now, we don't find anybody talking about this in any of the news circles we know, but um, when permits start getting pulled and that kind of thing, we know that things are happening. So uh, you, you may be hearing it here first, folks. <laughs> so exciting. Plus, there's more Kaiten Sushi on the way. Sushi Town UW is opening mid-October at 41st and University Way. How about a Kaitan Sushi bus? You sit on the bus hey. and the Kaitan goes around you? You know, it's like the beer, the beer bicycle things where yeah. eight people get on and they bicycle around and drink. They yeah, sushi now, they, now, they, now the more they pedal, the faster the sushi goes around yeah. the bicycle. Or the sushi doesn't actually move, the bicycle people move. I don't know. There's something there. Something there. Oh, they ride around the the, the kaitan part is uh, yeah. in the middle. And you actually solid. wear your meal off while you're eating. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Uh, Queen Anne Beer Hall going to be opening on Lower Queen Anne. It's open now. It's open. Okay. Yeah, it's open. Uh, a couple blocks away from Buckley's. Buckley's had been there a long time. Yeah. Is that still part of the Duke's uh, empire? I didn't it think was. it was. No, they took over the Duke space. I thought I thought that they were. Huh. Well, anyways, um, <clears throat> we don't have a whole lot of beer halls here in the Pacific Northwest, but now <laughs> we do. And if you want to know what a beer hall is, it's probably exactly what you're thinking in your mind. It seats 400 people. It has a 7,000-square-foot space. Kind of sounds like Red Hood Brewery out in uh, Woodenville, doesn't it? Yeah, we ha- actually we have plenty of these, but more are coming. You're right, more are coming. And uh, if you if if you were thinking it's too late to open a sports bar, then what you do is you open up a beer hall. <laughs> because uh, You're not what's, a- what's the difference? Put some TVs in there. You got a sports bar, anyways. <laughs> oh, by the way, we went over and ate at the lodge in Greenwood the other day. How, how was that? There was a lot of TVs. Yeah, and uh, a little bit, uh, you know, we're talking about fast food chains having high prices, but uh, we, what do we have? Uh, I had a beer, and Derek and I both had entrees, and we left for forty-five bucks plus the tip. Wow! So That's it was not inexpensive. You know, they are. They now have six locations open, and they have also taken over Charlie's on Broadway. Mm. After after how many years Charlie's has finally closed? But they won't be doing the dollar burgers in there. No. 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 So, so that's that was another one that kind of smelled like the floor was rotting. Charlie's? It's, yeah, it's probably just all oh. the beer and the carpet. I don't know. Uh, I, I have a friend who says, and I will not say his name here, but uh, 
he said he was sure it looked like a oh now I can say what he was gonna it was like a a fire or something where you know animals come rushing out oh my god a, he said you know once they started working on that it, he probably said it looked like the zoo got you know released I oh, remember that one night we went to that one restaurant that will go unnamed and we watched the rodents going in and out oh, of yeah. the rodent motel. <laughs> They were actually um, bringing family in, I think, and I didn't stand for a week or so. That was a little scary. All right. And uh, last but not least. I've got some more after that one. Oh, you got some more. Okay. Uh, Well, then, uh, not last but not least, but uh, McMinimum's Anderson School is opening October 15th is the date they've been pushing for the whole time. So looks like it's going to happen. We're getting that close. Uh, don't try to get a room up there right away because the first three months are already booked. But, uh, you know, I think by February, March, you'll be able to get a room on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Thursday night. Probably work out, even a Sunday night. Uh, and, of course, you'll want to use the swimming pool facility during those months. <laughs> yeah, because it's outdoors. Yeah, outdoor swimming yeah. pool. And uh, I, 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 I have not heard them say anything about putting a hot pool in up there. Um, McMinimums has some awesome hot pools. The Grand Lodge, the St. Francis School, and the Edgefield Hotel, all owned by McMinimums down in Oregon, have uh, really – Awesome hot pools. In fact, my cell phone liked the hot pool so much the other day <laughs> at the Edgefield that it decided it had to take a swim in it too. It was really happy till it realized how very wet it was. He just thought it was heat. Yep. I don't know. Well, I learned how to make it work again. Yeah. So I took it. I took it out and uh, pulled all the back cover off, tore the battery out, ripped out the SIM cards, and. I uh, put it in a Ziploc bag with a bunch of silica gel, and 24 hours later, the phone was back. Yeah, but you couldn't take the pressure, and you went out and bought a new phone anyway. Yeah. It was too much for you. It's hard It's hard nowadays, especially when you're running a business, not to have a phone, and I don't have a landline at home anymore. So. Yeah, yeah that, that's the scary part. Yeah. Well, you know, we've talked about long-time places closing. Here's another one, the Byzantium on Capitol Hill, the Greek place that's been there for 30 years closed. Oh, yeah. And there's a place taking over it. It's going to be called Spirit Animal. I don't have a lot of details yet, but they are doing a full build-out, so it's not going to be immediate. They're doing a lot of work in there. Hmm. Um, Batch 206 has begun release of their bourbon whiskey old log cabin. They've been sitting on that for two and a half years, so it is now ready. Um, Another one I got to go check out uh, last week was Ernest Loves Agnes. These um, are the people who have Mario's Pizza and a couple other places, and they've. This is the first time they've opened like a restaurant, a, a you know full-on menu, come in, sit down, stay a while place. It went into the old Kingfish spot on Capitol Hill on 19th, hmm. 600 to 602 19th Avenue East. So they've got some really interesting and tasty pizzas. They um, do not have a wood-burning oven, and so they spend a lot of time working on how to make pizza taste like a wood-burned oven pizza without having the actual oven, and Uh-oh. it's very good. Well, you just spray a little bit of the, the uh, liquid smoke on there. <laughs> yeah, that's what they were brushing on. You can on. have the liquid smoke pizza. And actually, they're brushing on a little honey, too, which was good. <laughs> um, the, the thing that I found really interesting up there, all the things we tried um, were good, but they have some side dishes. They had some... Um, Rainbow carrots done two ways, and they had uh, eggplant. Their vo- their vegetable side dishes were really good, huh. really, really good. 
So, uh, Pike Brewing Company, their Piketoberfest is coming up. So that's uh, actually that's more of a calendar thing, but um, that's coming up on the fourth of October. So we're getting into that, and it's um, from four to eight. It's forty bucks, and you get unlimited food tastes, ten drink tokens, a mug, music, discounted parking. It's quite the deal. That's another traditional thing. So I think that's the last but not least one. Okay. So, yeah, like Connie said earlier, uh, you can keep up with all this stuff by just reading our News Bites feed on seattledining.com or uh, liking us on Twitter because it's uh, simultaneous one way or another. And uh, when we come back, we'll be doing the calendar. Uh, this is Casper Dernier. I'm the owner of Casper Special Event and Catering, and welcome to the Seattle Dining Show. the Seattle Dining Show, and now we are going to head into what's happening calendar-wise around the area. There's a lot going on in October. Starting with uh, October 1st, out at Salty's, the Shuck Yeah. I love oh, how they name stuff. eat bivalves. I love their names. <laughs> Shuck Yeah. <laughs> uh, 57 bucks gets you oysters, mussels, clams, and all-you-could-eat buffet of salty Caesar salad, seafood chowder. Seafood paella, baked mussels, grilled garlic bread, and a tasty dessert. This is uh, like the event made for you. Yeah, <laughs> Mr. Bivalve Lover. <laughs> mm. uh, I would trust the bivalves coming out of Salty's, yeah, but nonetheless, it's, uh, I, I, I probably won't be there if anybody's <laughs> trying to find me. Uh, there's going to be live music. There's going to, and it's happening at uh, both Alki and Redondo stores. It's also happening at the one down on the river in uh, Oregon, mm-hmm. Columbia River. Okay, good. Yeah, all good. three. So, uh, and plus uh, demos on oyster shucking and clam and mussel stations. You have to be 21. So, yeah. uh, and I know we have a lot of people who listen to this show that are under 21. I think. <laughs> So that's going on. Okay. On the second, there's the Underground Wine Project Winemakers Dinner. Um, this is uh, something Casper's is doing. It's a collaboration between Washington winemakers Mark McNeely of Mark Ryan Winery and Trey Bush of Sleight of Hand Cellars. And they are working with Casper for the first wine dinner at the new venue we talked about, uh, at the Stimson Green, one of the new venues they've taken on. Um, the menu's on their website. So sep- where is the Stimson Green Mansion? Isn't that Capitol Hill? I'm not sure. I have been there once, but it was so many years ago, I don't know. And so a portion of the proceeds go to, to the Preserve the Mansion Fund. Yeah, they, it's, it's a historical sites within Washington, so it won't all go to Stimson Green, but it'll all be going to historical sites. 75 per person plus tax and gratuity, and that is again on October 2nd. 5.30 reception, 6.30 dinner, and during the re- reception you get a tour of the mansion, which is always fun. And then you can leave there and go to the Taza Chocolate and Almquist Family Vintners Complimentary Tasting. Yes. Taza Chocolate, sharing their passion and craft of stone ground chocolate. 
This is um, oh, is this going to be at the chocolate box? Yes, which is down in the Pike Place Market area. Yeah, right on Pike. There. Okay. So, and then um, on the sixth of the month, also at the chocolate box, um, Mary Beth Baumberger is going to be there to talk about Riedel glasses and why varietal specific glasses make a difference to the taste and, and flavor and nose of a thing. And I have gone. Sounds to one like of those. hocus pocus, but. It's not. I've yeah. been to one, and it was really stunning. And the, the cool thing about the uh, seminars that they do is they charge you $75, but you walk away with your three glasses or however many glasses it is. I believe it's three. And they're worth about 105 So you're getting your huh. cost back in glasses. So that's kind of a nice thing. And then when you take your three different glasses home, you can, you can play with them with your friends and have them do tasting and know that it really does make a difference yeah. on how those wines taste. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Salish Lodge and Spa doing their culinary adventure educational series, continuing that. Um, this time around, on the 7th, it's going to be Mushroom from Caps to Stem. Develop your mad mushroom skills, <laughs> including working with multiple types of wild mushrooms, learning everything from cleaning and prep to cooking and serving. You know what? Um, in the... In, in my personal social media feeds, I'm seeing all kinds of people who are my friends mm. that are out shrooming. They're out getting their chanterelles wow. and all kinds of stuff, and, and uh, uh, it's getting to be quite popular. I hope we don't run out of mushrooms. Run out of mushrooms or uh, people, because, you know, I'd want to take this class or something like it before I went shrooming. I, I would go right out and pick a, something, you know, deadly and eat it. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that... Uh, Anybody? Well, you got to figure if you went out there and you did it, and it, and it, and it killed you, then you wouldn't be able to do it again. So that's you know the the natural selection. Exactly. That that's why they won't run out of mushrooms. So <laughs> um, you're going to have to make a decision. Also on the seventh is a Betts Family Winery wine dinner at Daniel's Broiler in Bellevue. So Bob will be there himself, and they're going to pair some beautiful wine and food and. Uh, it says, explore the war- award-winning wines of Betts, which I tell you are lovely. Um, it's $125 plus tax and service, and it begins at 6 p.m. It's in the private dining room there. Pretty good deal. Buck and a quarter for Daniels yeah, and Bob and, Betts. And Bob, please. Wow. Yeah, that's Throw in a couple Rito glasses. I'm there. Yeah. Oh, you get to do the next one. That's fun. Oh, the uh, Dungeness Crab and Seafood Festival. Crab Fest. A.K.A. Crab Fest. So uh, this is something that happens in Port Angeles every year. And uh, they're celebrating their Hall of Dungeness Crab. Uh, straight from the local area, steamed and served with organic coleslaw and corn on the cob. And that's just one way you can get it. There's 14 different restaurants that are doing these dishes. Under the Crab Central Pavilion, if you have not been out there, you'll find it. It's uh, it's big. That's a place that's next to the hotel right on the water there, yeah, right? Yeah, it is, and, and it takes a, over the whole weekend. Yeah. Uh, vegetarians have options also. They can have crabs who have eaten nothing but <laughs> vegetarian <laughs> feed. Mm. Just a little seaweed. Just kidding. So. Um, also coming up which is nice on the October 10th is the Jefferson Land Trust 
annual Rainfest auction at Fort Warden. Fort Warden's always kind of a fun place to go anyway. Um, but this is a party with a purpose. They are helping preserve the best and most beloved places in Jefferson County. So if it's an area you like to visit, this is a time you can go, enjoy some good food, and uh, your money's going to go to preserving those places. Interestingly enough, um, and I don't want this to put non-vegetarians off, but the dinner that night is going to be vegetarian. I think they're using all their local stuff, and I haven't seen the whole menu, but they're doing stuff like butternut squash soup, and it sounded really, really good. Uh, that's because all the Dungeness crab went up to the fest in uh, yeah. Port, Port Angeles, so exactly. they, they couldn't get any protein. Yeah, all the other protein local is going to Fireside Restaurant. And all the all the cows are out chewing grass, so they're bulking <laughs> up for the vegetarians. Uh and if that doesn't do it for you out in Jefferson, you can go out to Yakima Valley, and wineyakimavalley.org is the place to go to find out about how they're going to be celebrating Crush that weekend. Uh, Forty different wineries participating, uh, many of them running tours, Crush activities. You want to take your shoes off and stomp in the barrels, go for it. <clears throat> Uh, but, uh, oh, okay, so you can buy the pass for 30 bucks, and that'll get you into all these places. And that's a, an advanced purchase price, so do it early. Okay, yeah, yeah, do it online. Uh, and and all, all the details of this are out at the wineyakimavalley.org website. Yeah. Now, another interesting thing that is coming up is um, from Blind Pig Bistro on East Lake Avenue, your old stomping grounds. Um yeah, but back then it was like a uh, teriyaki joint. Yes. Well, the bar that they have now was the teriyaki joint, and I think they left that sign up. They, this was something else. Is Wasn't the subway, subway gone too? I'm trying to think if Subway's still there. I don't know. But anyway, they've been there a while. Um, but in October, November, and December, one Monday a month, the first one's October 12th, they're launching, and I love this because they're on East Lake, the Beast Lake series. And in October, then November, December, they pick a different animal, and it's nose to tail. They're going to do something with every part of the animal. And along with that, there'll be a selection of six to eight all-you-can-eat sides. So in October, it's goat, Caribbean. So now, are they going to be butchering the uh, animal live in front of everybody? Because we have been to an event like that. Yeah, the, it was a live demo. The animal wasn't live. You know, right. Yes. Just, but just I mean, clearing that up. So, so you should. If, I don't, you, if you're thinking of going to this, you should probably be checking in first. If you don't have the stomach for it, yeah, I actually don't think that's what they're doing. It's a very, very small place. Okay, I think they're going to have that all butchered, and then they're going to do courses of the various parts of the animal. Um, they're also going to do a optional cocktail. Ben Perry from the Baba. I don't know how to pronounce this. To be honest with you, Babarusa next door. Um, to go with the the dinner theme. So October is either going to be rum or tequila cocktail. So that's at 2238 East Lake Avenue East. It's 30 bucks plus per person plus tax and gratuity. Uh, chef, or not chef, but sommelier Dieter Schaefer has a couple of wine classes coming up, one on the 20th, and it's a Mediterranean wine tour. It's a two-week class. So uh, get the details about that. At uh, learnatsouth.org. And the other one he's running is a three-week class called the Wine Tasting Primer, Sight, Smell, Taste. 
So uh, if you want to uh, expand your knowledge of wines, I can't think of a better guy in town. Well, maybe there's a couple guys that are pretty good, just like just like Dieter. But uh, definitely, he's a he's a great instructor, and uh, what is this? one of the first sommeliers in Seattle, right? Mm, I don't know that. Huh. I, don't I think know that. that he may have been. Oh, okay. Um, we're going to plug Blind Pig Bistro again because they've got an indie wineries dinner coming up on the 26th. And that uh, that group, the indie wineries, exists to support small family producers f- who farm organically from all over the world. So Charles is going to craft a five-course dinner to complement um, some European wines from their portfolio. And on the 30th, my birthday, <laughs> I'm putting this one on my birthday wish list. The Rumbauer Winemaker Dinner, which will be held out at the Fireside Restaurant at the Port Ludlow Resort. Uh, And this will be Chef Dan Radigan. Something about his joy of cooking as he pairs pairs locally sourced food with Rumbauer wines. Um, Rumbauer, the joy of cooking was Irma Rombauer. Okay. And this is part of her family who Ah. does the wine. So that's where that joy of cooking, this is the joy of wine. Okay. Dinner kind of thing. Are they, are they going to be using recipes Rom- out of the Joy of Cooking cookbook? No, I don't believe so. Will they be playing music from the Joy of Cooking? That was a late 1960s hipster group out of the Bay Area. Oh, my God. The Joy of Cooking. I wish you had told the people at Port Ludlow that. They would have jumped on it probably. Fritz Kasten was the drummer. Oh, wow. Um, and now here's the deal. And this is a deal. 95 bucks plus taxes and Fees, it says. I don't know what the fees would be. Would that be a resort fee or something? No, oh, it's, oh, it's uh, okay. Service. You buy the yeah service fees at brown paper tickets. Yeah. So, um, but ninety five bucks for a wine dinner in uh, twenty sixteen or yeah. twenty fifteen is is quite the deal. I remember when we were paying ninety five dollars for wine dinners back in nineteen ninety nine when we started this magazine. And this was this is a seven course dinner with five wine pairings. Yeah. So that's that's a killer deal. And if you're if you're uh, not into driving back home, and who would be after that? I'd get a room out at the at the resort as well. Yeah, often they'll have deals too when they have an event like that. So you never know; you can always check. All right, stick around. We're going to interview Chef Paul Duncan of Rays right after this. Hi, I'm Roseanne Finkel, and I'm Charles Finkel. We're from the Pike Brewing Company, and you're listening to the Seattle Dining Show. Today we are fortunate to have Paul Duncan, the executive chef at Ray's Boathouse Cafe and Catering with us. Hello. Welcome, Paul. Hi. Thank you. You bet. So glad you're here. Um, we're um, recording up here on top of Queen Anne, and as it turns out, we're neighbors. We're just blocks away from each other. So. Just a couple blocks. Yeah. That's kind of fun. So you guys get to hear the garbage trucks at the same time every day? And- Absolutely. Yes. And is it me, or are they coming earlier and earlier? And every day. And every day, well, yeah, between the recycle and the composting and the garbage. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tough to oh, and then the don't forget uh, if whether they're doing the condominiums or residentials. Yeah, it's different or, companies. Yeah. So six days a week in right. that case, right? right? There you go. Yeah. And if there's a holiday, 
sometimes they do the holiday or they'll do extras on Sundays or something. I mean, I shouldn't complain, but. Yeah, they do their job. Yeah, and they do it at 5.30 in the morning sometimes. Yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things that I was looking over your bio, it's you've had a really interesting background. You've worked in brew pubs, Italian restaurants, chain restaurants, a high-end Ritz-Carlton over in Hawaii, and you worked with Chow Foods before going to Ray's. Correct. So tell me how some of that happened, and what's do you have a kind of a favorite, or has it all been really interesting? Well, I started my career wanting to get as much experience in a wide range of venues. Uh, starting out in Portland, uh, the smaller venue seemed to fit my, my uh, culinary touches. Uh, then moving to Hawaii and working actually for the Bubba Gump Shrimp Company, which I thought I would never do, yeah. <laughs> uh, became uh, an experience that uh, I hold very dear. Oh. And um, it really taught me a lot about high volume and uh, how to handle large staff. Okay. Uh, moving on to the Ritz-Carlton, you know, a little bit more fine touch. Again, pretty big volume, yeah. lots of cooks. Um, it's all prepared me for what I'm doing now at Ray's. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you have a, a food? You were kind of into Italian more in Portland. Is that a – and I think you're bringing some Italian touches to Ray's, aren't you? There is some Mediterranean and also some Southeast Asian. Uh, but I, Italian is definitely a first love of mine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do enjoy the, the countryside uh, peasant-type food. Oh, yeah. What about seafood? I'm thinking when you're in, at the Ritz-Carlton, you probably did a lot of seafood there, too. We did. Uh, lots of uh, tropical fish, um, you know, obviously mahi, ahi, ono, um, you know, things that aren't exactly readily available out here. Yeah. Um, you know, it was, a, it was a good experience learning how to break down large snapper, yeah. And being able to tell, you know, how fresh the fish is. Uh, one of the places I worked, the fishermen would literally walk the fish through the dining room. Oh, wow. So that people could see what they're about to eat. Oh, wow. That's the sea to table. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> it's a daring feat. Yeah. Just in case the fish were stinky or something. Yeah, you know? well. Then, well, they're all just but that would never happen. Yeah, yeah, not when they're fresh pulled. Boy. Um one of the things we were talking about earlier in the show was Cooking with Class and how it went this year. And, of course, you were there. And I was thinking you've done a lot of these probably over the term of your career. Yes. Is it fun to do a more intimate one like Cooking with Class or do you like the big boys? Or I, I like the, the scope of Cooking with Class. I like that you get to touch um, eight people three times. Um, each class tends to be a little bit, little bit different yeah. depending upon um, – where they are in the night, yeah. um, and uh, <laughs> and where you are, and and, and you know how, how rowdy they can be, um, mm-hmm. but it, it is nice and intimate. Uh, so I, I would say I, I like doing the ones at uh, Cooking with Class for sure. Yeah. yeah, I think other chefs have kind of said that too. It's just a lot of times you're in the kitchen, and you may be doing something really good for somebody, but you don't really talk to them. And this this way, you actually get to talk to people and right answer questions and and you know. Oftentimes, when you when you have those eight people sitting around the table at cooking with class, you get you know two or three that are really asking the questions and really into it, and you know perhaps raises their favorite restaurant. So you get to engage yeah. and act um, with people that come and support your restaurant day yeah. in and day out. Yeah, it's an interesting kind of person who comes to that event too, because one year the guy who got the Chef Instant White Cellar, he called me and said, "I can't read some of the signatures on the bottles, but I want to take the bottle back." to the restaurant who donated it right. and have them pair me a dinner with it. 
That's a great idea. Isn't that nice? And it's something I don't think you'd think about at another event. And in fact, he's the only one who's done it at our event. But, um, you know, it was a really great idea. I loved it. It is a very good idea. Yeah. Um, so tell me what brought you to race. Did you, were you trying to get back to the Northwest? And what was your immediately previous? My immediate previous experience yeah. was with, with Chow Foods yeah. at the High Life in Ballard. Yeah. Um, I took a bit of a, I took a bit of a break after the High Life about three months mm -hmm. just to kind of explore Seattle because I think I, I, I dove right into work uh, moving from Hawaii to Seattle. Okay. Um, but my primary reason from, from moving off of off the island um, was definitely to get back to the Northwest. Uh, born and raised in Portland, Oregon, uh, I really missed um, ingredients oh, like yeah. like we're displaying now at Ray's, this, the... Uh, the, the mushrooms and, and the fresh vegetables that people pull up in our parking lot with their trucks from their farms. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, there was a little bit of that on Maui, like I was saying, the fish. Mm -hmm. um, but agriculturally, uh, Maui didn't have the, the abundance of the Northwest, and, yeah. and that's really important to me. Yeah, especially if you've grown up with it. Correct. You know, you're so used to having that. And then what brought you to raise? Were you, you, you took some time off and just thought, okay, I'll start looking, and it was just a great timing or i had uh visited rays in april uh before i uh accepted a position there in june and it was one of those april days where it was 73 <laughs> degrees um i had gone to golden gardens for my first time when we were driving by and we said well let's go see if their deck is open oh, i yeah. think that a lot of people do that and it was and we sat out there for about two hours and you know enjoyed a, a cold beverage and some fish and I enjoyed it. So when I started looking and I saw that Ray's was looking for somebody, I, you know, put my name in the hat. Yeah. yeah. And they loved your background, obviously. I think so. And that was, that was less than a year that you were there before becoming executive chef, right? I was there. Was I, I was there. Uh, my first day was June 13th. And I became chef de cuisine uh, the following February oh, wow. and then took over the kitchens a year from there. Oh, okay. It's a little over a year from start to... Right. I, I had the reins uh, within seven months of being there. Yeah. So. Yeah. And it was, it was nice. It was a, it was a, it was a smooth transition, and um, I, I was ready for it. Yeah. The other uh, instances with the high volume have prepared me for this, but it is still the biggest thing I've ever done. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because you've got so much going on and you're so hands-on. Right. It's the, the two restaurants and the catering really keeps yeah. you busy. I've got a, I've got a great staff, uh, whether it be my sous chefs or, or my line cooks or even the people that peel the potatoes and, and wash yeah. the dishes. I, I couldn't do it without any of them. Yeah. I think, too, sometimes from the outside, people who aren't in the industry, they think catering, that's pretty easy, actually, because you're always you're already doing the food. Right. And it's a totally different beast. It is a different beast, and we want it to be bigger. Oh, um, okay. We, I've just promoted one of my sous chefs over to the catering department to be the catering sous chef, and uh, he's really just taking it at a slow pace, learning the learning the curves, and now he's really bringing it into his own. Yeah. So I, I can't wait to see what he does with it. Yeah. What we do with it, I should say. Yeah. Everybody, the team. Yes, right. Um, another thing, too... Uh, I'm not sure, this has been years now, but until somebody I knew got married at the space next door, right. I didn't really know that Ray's had a space next door. I'm not sure everybody knows that. 
Well, you know, that was one of those things that I know Doug Zellers, the GM, wanted to emphasize uh, new signage out at the Northwest Room. Um, Phyllis Fisher, who is a, our fine catering director and uh, event sales, um, have really pushed it forward. And I think we're really trying to get the word out because it is a lovely space. You can get oh. have a, a wedding ceremony under the Rays sign, which is an iconic uh, landmark here in mm-hmm. Seattle. Or you can get married right out on the deck right in front of the venue, which is which is beautiful. Yeah, it's right on the water. It's and like getting married on a boat. Yeah, it's really a, a nice place. And the space itself, the building itself inside is really nice. And I think oh, yeah. you do everything, right? You've got music and a dance floor. and we'll, we'll do everything. We do have a dance floor. You can bring your own DJ. We'll bring one in for you. Flower yeah. arrangements. Yeah, they do yeah. a very good job. Yeah, yeah. Full service. It's really nice. Um, so on the menu right now, and I've asked other chefs this, and they go, it's like asking me to pick a child, my favorite <laughs> child. But on the menu, what's one of your favorite menu items? Let's see. Um, I do have many. Um, <laughs> <laughs> upstairs, I would say my favorite menu item is the uh, blackened uh, salmon sandwich. Mm. It, 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 it tends to be uh, one of the uh, largest sellers. Um, I also enjoy what my sous chef, um, Jose Martinez, does up there with his specials from week to week. Oh, yeah. uh, he's, got a, he's got a nice touch. Um, downstairs... I, I would say that um, the the uh, the sable fish in sake kasu, mm. which has been around for a long time, I know. Uh, but I, it's I, still good. Correct. Uh, I've changed the way that we serve it, which oh. to some of the veteran staff um, was uh, frightening, <laughs> uh, but it's been well received. Oh, good. What um, did you do? I, I just changed up the sauce that we're doing it with. Um, it's a uh, oyster ginger sauce, kind of a classic uh, mm. uh, Japanese preparation, a little sweet, a little sour, a little spicy, mm. just to kind of bring the umame of that fish. That fish doesn't really need anything, um, but, you know, in this day and age and where we are at Ray's, it's, it's important to serve it with something that complements the dish. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm also doing it with some uh, fried colettes, which is a hybrid vegetable. Oh, okay. um, it's basically the mix between a... Uh, uh, it's, a, it's, it's basically a kale sprout. Oh, okay. So. I haven't even heard of one of those. Yeah, they're, they're, they're up and coming. Okay. <laughs> Are they not as uh, hard to chew as kale before it's cooked? Or they're, they're a little lighter, uh, mm-hmm. a little bit more tender, and I'm just throwing it in the fryer and, and dousing it with salt so it has yeah. that uh, uh, nice crisp texture. Oh, that sounds nice. Crunchy in your mouth. Exactly. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, I also like what we're doing with uh, our, our razor clams. Um, you know, it's just a, it's a breaded razor clam, but we're serving it with a little bit of a jalapeno tartar mm. and a uh, shallot jam. Mm. Um, you know, happy hour, happy hour dishes are, are being well received there. Um, so, you know, it's, it, it's hard to pick and choose. Yeah. Um, now there's a change on the happy hour. I mean, it's not recent, but, um, it might be recent if you haven't eaten it raised in a while, but now there's happy hour downstairs too, right? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're two different things they are absolutely two different yeah. things yes and it's happy hour <laughs> venue wide upstairs now so when the sun oh, is shining you're out on the deck you can come on out it's not just oh, exclusively nice. in the bar anymore oh that's great yeah. that's a nice thing that yeah, opens it up for everybody yeah you know we talked about catering being being a different animal but upstairs and downstairs is totally different too it's totally it's like two different restaurants well it is two different restaurants it is two different restaurants two different kitchens high volume upstairs 
um, higher volume downstairs now that we've uh, put the right team together. Mm. Uh, you know, this has been um, we've we've seen we've seen the the amount of people eat downstairs grow exponentially uh, from the spring until now. Oh, great! Uh, so it's it, we're doing numbers that in the two and a half years that I've been there that we were unachievable thus far. Wow! And what do you think it, the team? Being everybody's just working together so solidly, and it's. I, I think so. I think so. It's 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 putting together a menu that's easy to execute, but still, um, a uh, treat. fine and a treat exactly. And uh, yes, it's 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 the team that that's there every yeah. night. Yeah. yeah, I would think it might be two other things as well. The economy is better, correct, and the remodel that you guys did three or four years ago now. Uh, people are, are catching on to the fact that there's, you know, a remodel in there, and it's not like going into the old fish shop that it used to be. It's, it's really fabulous. going into a high-end restaurant now. Right. I, I believe that the feel of the downstairs has definitely changed. Um, un- unfortunately, I never got to see the old oh. venue. Uh, I, I look online from time to time and scroll through images of Ray's Boathouse, the dining room, and, and uh, yes, it's certainly a lot different. Yeah. I always loved it, but but I love this bar that faces out. And now, I don't know how... We haven't been out there to sit on the deck, but, of course, we know the deck downstairs is open. And that's something people may not totally... I'll tell you a little secret about the deck a lot of people don't know in the Pacific Northwest. Let's suppose it's kind of a gloomy day, right? A lot of times, on a gloomy day, if you can see all the way out to the Olympics, the clouds will break at the horizon line. And if you get up to that deck in the evening... A little bit before sunset, you're going to get a sunset. Yes. And because it was a gloomy day, there's not going to be anybody on the deck. So you're going to be out there alone on the deck getting your own personal sunset. It's awesome. Absolutely. And we've we've created a structure upstairs that now uh, encompasses about 60 seats, which has sides. It doesn't obstruct the view. It's uh, fully heated. Um, And I think that people will be taking advantage of that this year. How many seats are on the lower deck? Uh, we have 20. 20, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I but think that's... We may expand. Oh, okay. <laughs> and so on the lower deck, it's just the menu from the boathouse. It is. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not... Yeah. And then the happy hour for the boathouse is solely in the bar. Or is it venue-wide? We we do it in the bar, and we're also offering it out on the deck on the when deck. weather permits. Okay. When we get people out there that want it, we'll, we'll certainly do it. Oh, Okay. Okay. So a couple of things are – one of them's happening right now and one of them's coming up. Um, the first thing that's been going on for a little bit is the Feast of the Fall Forage menu. Tell yes. us about that. Well, this is a menu that we've – that I've designed to feature local purveyors, um, people that we've always wanted to work with, people that we work with day to day. I've really taken a lot of what uh, Jeremy Faber has at uh, – oh. Forge and Found, and, found uh, and have incorporated um, his items into each one of the four weeks menus. Oh, great. Uh, I started out using uh, Pen Cove mussels with a house-made pappardelle mm-hmm. um, and some of uh, Jeremy's lovely mushrooms. We did a, a lobster and a, and a uh, chanterelle. Um, just this last week, we were featuring uh, local albacore that mm-hmm. was caught between Nia Bay and the mouth of the Columbia in one day by one boat. Wow. Uh, from a gentleman who runs uh, Olympic Seafoods. Oh, okay. uh, we've we've uh, uh, 
been lucky enough to have a, a great relationship with him. He'll go out to Nia Bay just for us sometimes. Oh, nice. Now, does he just pull the boat up and get a little rowboat out and bring it on up to you? Or? Uh, no, he doesn't do that. He's got a nice refrigerated truck. Okay. Uh, so it's, it's a long haul. Um, but that would be fun. Uh, and, and starting this week, I'm using uh, lamb from uh, Anderson Ranch down in Oregon. Uh, some of Jeremy's porcini mushrooms. I'm going to do some puffed farro. Uh, mm-hmm. Just kind of bring it all together. And now that the fall is really here, at least I feel that it is, um, this will be a nice, relaxed kind of escape from the normal uh, seafood entree that people would come and, and get yeah. a little bit more, a little bit more earthy, a little bit more uh, inland. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to finish the uh, the four day, of, or the, I'm sorry, the four week event off with. Taylor Shellfish is going to bring us some uh, Olympia oysters, uh, oysters that, that the boathouse and Ray's in general hasn't had for, for some years. Oh, really? So this is going to be a special event for us. Wow. And why haven't they been there? Well, uh, you know, it's the, the price. Oh. Uh, sometimes <laughs> they can be quite high. Um, they're, they're valued here, uh, which, which we love, and uh, we're, we can't wait to uh, – to showcase them, and yeah. hopefully they'll they'll stick around for a little while. Yeah, and it's it's just great to be able to partner with Taylor. Yeah, they're they're really good people. They are good people. Yeah, yeah. I've always dealt with Marco, and he's moving off into a new job within oh, really? within Taylor. Okay, he's not leaving, but he's going to be doing something more with the people who are cooking with him or something. I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and look. Interesting. It may not be cooking because you probably would have heard about it already. But yeah, I'll go yeah. back and look what he said. But. Um, well, so. that's exciting. Yeah. So that's why he wasn't at uh, Cooking with Class 2. Audrey was out there. She's ah, kind of okay. taken over that sure. kind of stuff. Right. So. so the next thing that's coming up is um, the Betts Wine Dinner, and that's on the 16th. Yes, Friday the 16th. Uh, we are going to welcome um, Betts family in to do a wine dinner. Uh, it'll be uh, five courses. Menu isn't set in stone, but I think that I'm going to take from what I've been doing these last four weeks mm-hmm. and incorporate them uh, to pair nicely with their wines. Yeah. Uh, we've, you know, uh, seats are, seats are going fast. So uh, we hope to get, you know, up to 80 people. Um, we'd love to do it in the Northwest room. So it feels like a private event. You know, it'll just be a special thing. I'll be out there chatting. I know Doug will be out there. Um, and the Betts family will be out there. Well, if you need to fill any empty seats, just let us know. We will let you know. <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Um, so we're we're really excited about that, and we hope to have a full boat. Yeah, that should be fun. And that's going to be a reception at 6.30, dinner at 7. This also is 21 plus. There's a lot of uh, events saying that now. Yeah. And I think it's it's good. It's fair. It keeps, yeah. uh, I don't know, let's see. Yeah. Uh, you know, not to discriminate against children, um, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a grown-up event. Yeah, and yeah. I think if people are going to spend $125, which still is, uh, we were talking earlier today, now that's you used to pay ninety five dollars seven years ago or longer, you know. So one hundred twenty five right. isn't outrageous. Yeah. Um, but you spend that kind of money, you don't want to have somebody crying next to you or correct throwing their food or doing something else. Absolutely. Uh, for for that amount, I think that you know, like you said, the economy is up. Um, uh, you know, that's it's just going to be a very nice, intimate. You know, dinner, whether you're bringing three other people and you want to sit at a table for four, or mm-hmm. just you and your wife or your girlfriend, you, you, uh, you know, yeah. you're going to get a very special occasion. That's nice. So you don't have a, like one big communal table or something. It's going to be a very. Can you go with your friends. wife and your girlfriend? 
<laughs> you could, but it might be frowned upon. Yeah. By the wife or by the, the wife girlfriend or, the girlfriend. or possibly mm-hmm. both. Depends on if your girlfriend's underage or not, too. You know? <laughs> yeah, well, she can't come because it's 21 come. and over, so <laughs> that could save you. <laughs> I'll be having a severe talk with him later. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um, what else? Anything else going on at Ray's we should be knowing about? Well, I mentioned that the we've got a new gentleman in place in the catering department. Mm-hmm. That's and, and we're really excited about that. Holidays, uh, I can't believe, are right around the corner. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, we do uh, fantastic Thanksgiving um, downstairs and upstairs. Uh, upstairs is, is buffet style. Um, you know, and then Christmas and New Year's. And, you know, we always think that at Ray's, you know, see you in October and it'll slow down. And it's just, it's not the case. It isn't. Which is, which is fine, you know. Yeah. We love it. Want. We enjoy it. There are a lot of people here in Seattle that, that enjoy coming out and taking that extra mile and a half away from Ballard and, mm-hmm. and coming and seeing us, and that, that makes us feel special. Um, you know, new fall menus in the cafe and down in the boathouse. Uh, we have Seattle Restaurant Week coming up oh, that right. we are uh, uh, in partnership with, uh, which, is, which is exciting. That's a good 10 days. Get to see a lot of people that, you know, perhaps only get out there once a year, but, you know, you really try to knock their socks off and, yeah. and make it special. Even though it is a, an economical value, we still try to put forth a, a killer product. Yeah. It only makes sense if you're going to do something, just toss it off. They're not coming back for sure. Right. So. Yeah. You, yeah. You've got to make it memorable. Yeah, exactly. That's what we try to do. And it's only been a few years, hasn't it, that you guys have done Thanksgiving and Christmas? Uh, Christmas, it's only, we were open for Christmas Last year, and that was the first year that ever. Was the first year, yeah. Um, and Thanksgiving, I, they've done it. I look back in the archives, and they've done it since at least 2004. That's oh, okay. as far back as I've seen. Uh, you know, as it stands now, uh, Ray's Boathouse is open 365 days a year. Wow. So hmm. we're, we're at your service. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's great. And it's so, you know, you're saying it's a mile and a half out of Ballard, but it's like another world. Oh, it is. It's a beautiful, tranquil place looking out at that water and the mountains and... Gorgeous. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We love it. Yeah. So glad you're there. So am I. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you for being here today. We really appreciate you coming in. You're very welcome. It's my pleasure. Okay. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you. See you soon. Thank you. Hi, this is Chef Sarah Lorenzen with Andaluca, and you are listening to the Seattle Dining Show. the show with a cooking tip and this time around it's tom's turn to better our cooking skills so um my tip this month comes from chef alvin bunya benuya 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 yes that's him did i get it benuya yes Yes. and uh i learned this from chef when i was sitting at his table during cooking with class and um we were talking about cooking things like uh what was it? Was this, this was the crab? He he was do. I thought he was doing his tempura. Oh, his tuna tartare. He was doing his tuna tartare, which really had nothing to do with this tip. But what Chef was saying is that um, don't be afraid of deep frying. Uh, 
uh, over pan frying because deep frying is actually better for you and it cooks the food better. And the reason is because when you throw protein into a pan, let's say you hold your instant read thermometer down to the pan, you look, it says 350, and you say, well, okay, it's time to throw the protein on. Uh, once you do that, it draws off all the heat immediately, and then it takes time for the pan to recover back to that temperature again. So uh, what Chef was saying is when you put stuff into the deep fire, the mass of heat surrounding the protein is enough to keep it stable while it's cooking. And also it seals all the sides of the protein. Now, I'm not saying like go and take a beef tenderloin and stick it in the <laughs> deep fryer. But, you know, when we worked at McDonald's as kids, we, we would just, for fun of it, we'd put a quarter pounder patty in the deep fryer, and it cooked it really nice, especially if you like it well. <laughs> but uh, it does. It sears out all the sides, keeps all the moisture in, it and does an out. even cooking job. So if you're doing crab cakes or something like that, if you can do them in a deep fry mode, uh, not a lot of us have deep fryers at home. I don't want to have one. Mm-hmm. But uh, maybe you've got one of those neighbors with one of them uh, turkey fryer things, and you could try it in there. Well, I think one of the points, too, that you had mentioned to me was that as the heat has to build back up, then your protein absorbs the oil in the pan. That's right. That's right. That was another thing on that. And so it's letting out the moisture and absorbing the oil. Excellent tip. Thank not, you, not, Tom not and what Alvin. you want to be doing. All right, it's time to wrap it up for another month. Thank you for joining us on the show. And if you're not already a subscriber to our online magazine, it's free to do so. Just visit www.seattledining.com and click on subscribe free. That's the hint, subscribe free. 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 We want you to dine well, dine safe, and dine often. And don't cook like Tom's mother. And don't cook like my mother. See you next month. Thanks for listening to another edition of the Seattle Dining Show. This program is a copyrighted production of Mixed Media and may not be reproduced in part or in whole without written permission of the legal owner, all right? However, feel free to share the link with all your friends on Facebook. Studio equipment for this broadcast was purchased locally at American Music, of Fremont icon. The views and opinions expressed on this show are exclusive to the hosts and guests and do not reflect those of former employees of Bill the Butcher, the Surrogate Hostess, the Beeline Diner, Louie's Chinese Cuisine, the Doghouse, the Five Mile House, Charlie's, the Twin Teepees, Ocean Air, Benjamin's, the Madison Park Cafe, or any other lost Seattle icon. Subscribe free to our monthly magazine, online at seattledining.com and join us next time for another edition of the seattle dining show